as we're thinking about, you know, goals moving forward, you're about to graduate, right? I mean, it's basically a done deal. We just need to pick up the paperwork. What are your plans moving forward? Well, I'm going to Yale next year. Do you, do you know if you're going to be on campus or online? Or so they're, they have not given us an official thing, but basically what they're suggesting is we're going to be in person up until November, and then we will go to online for the rest of the semester. So it's going okay. to be a mix of the two. So they're sort of playing along with the prediction that infection rates may spike as it gets colder. And exactly. so start off, I, I don't know what our local school division is going to do. I don't know what anyone else is going to do, but People keep saying, well, you know, what if we start online and then go back? And I said, I think the reality is we'll probably start in person and then go online, even if it's just for a few weeks to help students better learn how to navigate, you know, the new online learning management system that students who don't have great digital literacy, we spend two weeks teaching you how to navigate, how to organize yourself, how to access materials. And then if we go online later, we have more assurance that things can go well or, or that, you know, students at least have the opportunity to. Yeah. As you as you, as you're thinking ahead, um, obviously you haven't been to college yet, so you you know it's hard to say how well prepared you know are you. We don't know, but in terms of your perception, how confident do you feel about the education that you have gained to this point? Do you feel confident going to a university? I mean, you're going to an elite university, but just going there or anywhere else, how do you feel about your preparation up to this point? I feel pretty well prepared. I think that if anything maybe the content will have to be relearned when I get to college because at times like we learn for the test and then we forget after. And that becomes really problematic when you're building upon like the subject that you learned the previous year. So I'll have a lot of like relearning, reviewing to do in college. But in terms of rigor, I think that I set myself up in high school to take a lot of like difficult classes just so I would be at the same pace when I got to college. But I think especially because the university that I've chosen to go to is going to be very difficult. There's going to be a learning curve for me regardless, but I feel pretty okay. I think that dif- like the difficulty will come from like the online portion of school. It'll be yeah. a lot harder to ask for help from your professors, to like build connections with the students in your classes. That whole thing is going to be lost when you go online. So that's what I'm worried about. Well, yeah, and and hopefully, you know, you start in person and you can form some of those relationships quicker. I did, you know, connect you with a former student of mine who attended Yale also, and I had asked him how how's it going. He's graduating now, right? So he's he's mm-hmm. just graduated and you're just going to be entering there. And I asked him how the online classes were going and he said, "You know, it's okay. There's the you know, the the virtual lectures." And he said that I forget how he said it, but basically he watched some of them, but he said he basically taught himself all the stuff by just reading the textbooks and he didn't feel like there was any significant loss. But I also think that when you're about to finish feeling like what you're gaining or losing is probably different than when you're starting, you know, Um, I'm sure his feelings would have been different as he started, but I do know it's someone who I'd kept in pretty close contact with. And I'd asked him, you know, what, basically what I just asked you, did you feel prepared? You know, did you get to one of the top, you know, top two, top three universities in the world and feel oh man, you know, this is different. I'm outgunned or, you know, whatever else. And his response, and, and it's funny, he's, he's very, very smart and also a little smug, which is maybe one of the reasons I like him. But he, <laughs> his, his response was, you know, I, I got to Yale and I, I realized that, yeah, there's a bunch of smart people here, but I didn't actually think that most of them were any smarter than me or the smartest kids in my high school class. I just realized how many rich kids I was surrounded by. <laughs> and he said, he said oh. the biggest difference was, he said, you know, I just realized that a lot of people have a lot of money, 
but that actually wasn't that big a deal for me. So whatever. And I thought like he was not struck by the rigor. He was struck by sort of the socioeconomic demographics right. of the school. And I thought like, I don't know. If, I, I mean, know, I, everyone would have that, that. But... I feel a little bit intimidated. Of course. I'm like, Oh my gosh, these people are going to be so smart. And there's still the feeling of like, how did I get into that school? Or like, will I succeed at that school? So I don't feel like super confident, but I think that I can do my best when I get there. I think you'll be fine. I mean, you know, I obviously teach English and you did great in AP language and composition. I, and I didn't know this when you were in class. I only learned this during your senior year, you know, talking as you're TAing that you don't necessarily consider yourself a quote unquote, like English or English history person. Like I didn't realize until after you're out of my class that you maybe are actually stronger in math. Like what math, what math did you take senior year? I took multivariable. Which is, I think, the highest math available in most high schools, right? Yeah, I think so. It's right before linear, but I don't think that's taught in high school anymore. Yeah, and I mean, we're at a, we're at a math level where I know the name of it and couldn't begin to tell you anything about what's happening <laughs> in it. And, you know, and while I'm not a quote-unquote math guy, I'm also not a stupid person, and I can't even begin to describe it. So my guess is that you're going to be fine in that way. Thinking about you know your your perceptions about what college may be, given the pandemic situation, let's do it in reverse. You know, we talked about the other guy. He said, well, it wasn't that big a deal, but it's because he was finishing. How about your high school experience? Like, how did you feel about things shifting online at the end of your senior year? And how did that or didn't that affect your education? I would say, first of all, when we first left school, I thought we'd be coming back because it was only meant to be like a two week break. And then after I realized that we were done with high school, I was really upset at first. I felt like I was missing a lot. Like I didn't get to say goodbye to my teachers, to my friends. I didn't get like that closure for like the four years that I had worked so hard for. But then afterwards, I realized that there were so many other things that I was gaining from the experience of not finishing high school. I think it's very easy to focus on the negative of not getting like the graduation we wanted or the senior farewell. But I got a lot of time with my family that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise before I went to college. Now I have like so much free time and I feel like I'm preparing for college instead of focusing on like what was behind me. And I feel like that's more important than, I don't know, getting like the emotion of finishing high school. But in terms of like my actual academics, everything became optional, as you know. So I just stopped doing work. I would only do work if it meant that like it would affect me graduating or affect like what was seen on my transcript which I guess is not the best thing, but I felt like I found other ways to fill my time. Like I started doing like an online class separately, just like things that I was genuinely interested in instead of just doing things just for the sake of doing it. And yeah, I think that it was good and bad, but but like by now, like I don't mind not having a senior year or not having a graduation. So, you know, and being... Uh, and sort of an intellectual or academically inclined person, you know, I would not, I I don't have concerns about you and your use of free time that I have about certain other students. Not And not that I don't think anybody, you know, should have free time or get to make their choices, but I am not at all surprised when you say I enjoyed time with family. I took an online class. I think a lot of students will continue to engage their brains in things that are productive. I also mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of people who won't. And to a certain extent, while that's up to them, one of the things that we're trying to do through public schools is kind of, it's, I mean, it's essentially human development. You know, it, in the end, um, I always pick on the War of 1812, just I don't know why, but it's like no one is going to use their knowledge of the War of 1812. Like what exactly you're learning in high school may not matter. And as you pointed out, you may have to relearn it later, 
And in a recent episode, I think it was Falak Qureshi said that she relearned basically everything in her intro classes in college anyway. She's like, I could have learned basically nothing in high school. And if I had the ability to learn and literacy, she's like, you know, I would have been fine. But I do have concerns about how this affects maybe the students who aren't going to engage in things that are productive. And so yeah. while that's up to them and their parents, I, I, I have concerns about that shift because not everyone is going to either make the choice to or have access to some of these things. Can I don't know if this is a fair question, but if you put yourself back in time, think about as a freshman in high school, imagine that your last marking period and a half or marking period in a few weeks was just wiped out in this way. What do you think your perceptions would have been younger, right? You're like, you're not admitted to college yet. When you were a freshman, would you have done the work? Would this have been more upsetting or, you know, is that a thing you could even speak to? Um, I don't know. As a freshman, it would probably be less upsetting because you know that you have the next three years. So you're not really losing much. I think that you've already acclimated to school in the first semester. But I think that the security of knowing that my future or like going to college wasn't at jeopardy definitely affected whether or not I did the work. But as a freshman, I'd probably be more likely to do the work, especially because you don't want to destroy the connections that you have with teachers or the way that they perceive you as a student when you're so young. Because at the end of the day, like they will be the people that are recommending you or the people that see you the next three years. So even if it's just for self-preservation, like you would definitely want to do the work then. But I would say that if you lack motivation now, then this idea of like optional or online classes is definitely highlighting the issues within our school system that like there is no motivation of students. We're not like fostering the learn because you want to learn or instead of like the learn because you have to learn. As a freshman, no. I would probably do the work. I would not do the same thing I did now, but it's definitely an issue that like schools can look into now. Yeah. I mean, and when we think about chasing goals versus avoiding punishments, sometimes you sort of chase the carrot, you know, there's that thing to run after uh, just as much as there's something to avoid the stick of punishment. And mm-hmm. something that I think is a concern is that we maybe are using grades in school as both the carrot and the stick. Like they're simultaneously motivating you and potentially punishing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that is a good way to get people to learn. You made an interesting comment in there. Um, and I don't think I've talked about this on a podcast yet, but I've engaged in this conversation a few times in online teacher groups or college counselor groups that I'm in. And the idea that, you know, teachers still have to write recommendations, you would be amazed at the number of AP Lang teachers I've seen in an online forum talk about how students have disengaged at the end of the year or they partially disengage and then turn in a bunch of crappy work just to check boxes, you know, and things like that. And the, since there's no grade ramification, you'd be amazed at the number of teachers who are like, I can't wait until a kid asks me to write a recommendation and I'm going to tell them no. And I'm going to tell them all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, like, sure. You don't have to recommend the kid, but it sounds like people are taking it very personally. Yeah. Like, like it's their work that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, who cares? I mean, in the end, yes, I want to help students, but yes, this is also a job I'm being paid for. And if a student chooses not to engage and my supervisors have made it so that they're allowed to not engage, why would I ever take personal offense to that? That has nothing to do, I mean, if a kid's rude, maybe that's different, but I saw a lot of people talking about sort of the threat of writing or not writing recommendations. There were teachers Mm -hmm. who actually said to their juniors, if you don't do all of these things, I will not recommend you to any colleges and stuff in the fall. And I just thought that if you can't get students interested in the things you're trying to teach them, then maybe that's your problem. <laughs> you know, right. I don't. 